0: Welcome to the Through the Lens of Learning podcast. If we haven't met, hello, I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Schroyer. I'll give you two words that summarize me to a T, lifelong learner. Join me as I share a bit about my own journey of curiosity, learning, and wonder. You'll also get to hear from some phenomenal individuals on what they're curious about learning and what they have to share too. Are you itching with excitement yet? I am, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Through the Lens of Learning. And today I have guest with me, Joanne Morley. Uh, so, Joanne, welcome, and thank you for being a guest.
1: Thank you very much, Tracy.
0: Um, so, Joanne, uh, before we start to dig in, could you just share a little bit about yourself with our audience?
1: I can. Um, so, my name is Joanne Morley, and I've spent most of my working life in business, senior-level marketing roles, and I've, I've mentored and you know coached, I suppose, hundreds of people throughout my career. Um, But now I'm focused on just being that mentor and trusted advisor and coach to to senior leaders. But that's not how I started out in life. Um, My life was very different from that. I grew up in a seaside town um, in the north of England. Parts of my life were were tricky, a little bit difficult. But I always found solace in reading books. I mean, if you look behind me, this is just a small section. (laughs) So as a small kid, you would see me just reading and reading and reading. I love fiction, I love nonfiction, um, and my escape from, from my background was learning. So, at school, I studied really hard, I you know, I got A grades, and, and that's not what anyone expected from me. But I found real love in learning, because I realized if I could learn, I could expand. And if I could expand, I could maybe escape some of the things in my life which, you know, weren't so great at the time. Um, so I did really well at school um, and I went to Polytechnic and I learned some more in marketing. But, you know, my past kind of finally caught up with me in my 20s and I had a breakdown. It wasn't pretty. And the thing about this was that I had this amazing psychiatric nurse I worked with and she put me back on the learning again. So I went to see her every week. She gave me books to read. I mean, I remember reading Louise Hay, uh, You Can Heal Your Life, which was the self-help book of the eighties, you know, that kind of thing. And and really learning from that. And, you know, having therapists and the psychiatric sessions, I got better. Um, so it was a real combination, I think, of learning from her because she was an amazing nurse, learning from my therapist and learning from a book that began to transform my life. So. I I then made a big decision to move 200 miles away uh, to live with my boyfriend who had a job in the south of England and he then became my husband. And I don't know, learning just continued. Um, I went back. I went to the Open University. I don't know if they have a similar thing in the States, but in the UK it's like, it's called the Open University and it's it's a university for anyone, you know, you don't have to go to a specific school. And it's a really unique thing to the UK but I went to the Open University for two years and gained another degree, this time in systems and organizational behavior. And I realized I just, I must have the learning bug. I I literally must have had the bug (laughs) just to like soak up knowledge all the time because one degree wasn't enough. I had to go and get another one. I mean, and then over the next five years or so, my marketing career took off, um, but I was always seek out mentors, like always seek out mentors. So, you know, I wanted to learn from other people because there's great things about learning from books, isn't there? There's amazing things in there and mm-hmm. seminars. But having someone you can go to regularly is, is really good. So I was incredibly lucky and I had some fantastic mentors during that time. Um, and I guess I've always I've always learned. Prissy, that's, that's what I've done. Um, I've had some setbacks in my life. Um, I had another breakdown at 32 and a burnout at 42. This to be a 10-year pattern going on here. So maybe, uh-huh. maybe I didn't learn, but I did in the last one. So the last one that I had was my final one. And I really began to explore more about how the mind works, like really how it works. And I worked with this incredible coach. Um, and I, le- I saw a therapist for a while, and that just wasn't working for me. And I found this incredible coach, and I learned how to really heal my mind. So for the last 10 years of, of my working career, when I was in corporate, I, I always focused on achieving and developing the best teams possible. So I read everything about leadership, which is quite funny because actually I was a good leader anyway. So it just it, it kind of enhanced. But I realized that actually leadership, this is what I learned over the years, is leadership is just about empathy. It's about care. It's mm-hmm. about having that, having that psychological safety for your team and really having their back. So I guess, in answer to answer to your question, that's a little bit about me, it's been a lifelong learning journey for me through many things. I've been a high achiever, I've been down on the floor, I've been a high achiever again, I've been down the floor, but every single time, I've dusted myself off, I've got new information, I've sought out new things, and I've learned how to come through it, you know, some of those dark days and, and, and focus more towards the light and light-filled days. And for the last 10 years, I've been good, I've been really good.
0: That's awesome. a little bit about me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so before we kind of dive in a little bit more to about you, um, how would you define learning? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but how would you kind of. I, I
1: think I define learning as, you know, this might be a bit spiritual, but it's like feeding my soul. It, it it nourishes me. You know, if I'm not learning, I think I might have said something a little bit at the beginning, but if I'm not learning, I'm not expanding. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not expanding, I'm contracting. And, and when I'm not expanding, you know, I've been through periods of my life where I didn't pick up a book for a year or I didn't learn for a year. And those are periods of my life that, that didn't feel as great somehow. It just didn't feel as you know amazing. So, you know, I think learning, learning for me definitely didn't end at school. It didn't end at, at, at Polytechnic. It didn't even end with my second degree. It, it's just continued. Um, And I think it's a real combination for learning. You can learn from things, from books, but you can also learn through your own life journey as well. Because failures sometimes are the most amazing things. I think Dalai Lama says um, not getting what you want is often a wonderful stroke of luck. I'm sorry, Dalai Lama, if I've not got that right. But, But it is that kind of not getting what you want can take you down the most amazing paths of learning. Because yeah. you go, you know, you really, really focus on something for a while. You need to learn how to do something. Um, and I needed to learn how to heal my mind. And so I went on a journey to do that. Yeah. So that's what I think learning is for me. And, really and also you, you do have that innate knowledge inside of you. Mm-hmm. And often you ignore it, but it's there. It's definitely
0: there. So that's, I guess, what learning would mean to me. Okay, thank you. Um, So Joanne, I took a look at your website. I try not to look too much about my guests before I jump on because I love to be curious and ask some questions, but the front page of your website, I want to read the wording of it because it really caught me and I love it. Um, So you say, transform your life, discover the truth of what is really holding you back. And I love that. And even what you just said, sometimes it's inside, a lot of times it is inside of you and you don't, maybe don't know how to tap into it. Maybe don't know what it is, what it's saying. Um, but Joanne, can you take us back to, um, one of the things that you really talk about, um, with your, and your website and just, um, even giving me a, a preview is helping people to lead more fulfilling lives yeah. and really find their purpose and their passion. Um, how did you even first start to see that for yourself?
1: I think because I'd been so low like, like, you know, really, really dark times is I thought there must be something else. There must be more to life than just, you know, just going through the motions. And I think that first breakdown, you know, reading books around, I guess, the best self-help books that were available at the time made me realize actually, you, you don't have to be the beliefs or the limitations that you have about yourself. I could have said, you know, well, I'm from the north of England. I came from a poorish family. I got depressed. I had a breakdown. That's my life, and that that could have been it. That could have been the way I lived my life. But I kind of saw through those limitations. I began to see actually, I I did have some intellect. I did love to learn, and actually, you know, it it, it wouldn't be a good use of me to just sit and wallow and, and live with my parents for the next 15 years. So I think part of it was around seeing through that we are just, I guess it's it's around the fact that we are just our own thoughts and beliefs, and we don't realise that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, this is quite complex. But for some people, it's like, what? But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you grow up, you learn things. You get a belief about something. That belief can be changed. It doesn't have to stay as it is. I, if I kept the same beliefs that I had when I was 22, it would be I'm worthless, I'm useless, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not worth anything. I'm not good enough. I'm not clever enough. Duh, 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 duh. But I quite clearly was. I just was going through, you know, I just withdrawn into myself because of some childhood trauma. And once that was lifted from me, I could actually see the possibilities. So it's seen beyond those beliefs and limitations. And I see so many people in this world just fighting for what I call their limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, some people that I work with start off, and say, well, I'm not confident and I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm not the other. And we have really honest discussions around that, about how actually part of them actually enjoys that because mm-hmm. it's, it's giving them something. It's got a payoff. We don't do things unless there's a payoff. So it's it's paying off in some way. But we begin to then chip away at that, chip away at that identity and look what's underneath it. Does that answer your question? Is that yes? Is that yes.
0: Well, and I feel like too, there's different things that work for different people. It's Absolutely. not always the same. Um, so when you talked about self-limiting beliefs, one of the things that I think of recently is a lot of women in the groups that I'm in are looking at affirmations and what are affirmations that you can continue to say to yourself and i will tell you five ten years ago i thought that was woo woo and that was really crazy i'm at a point in my life now where it makes sense for me and yeah. i'm trying to use those affirmations and start to change my beliefs about myself and about what i'm doing um, but i know even for me you know five ten years ago that wouldn't have worked um, so, you had said reading is one of the things that had helped you. Yeah. And you also mentioned briefly uh, like therapy and coaching. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the different things that the different, um, I guess, tools that you were able to leverage that had helped you in different phases of your life?
1: So, I think as you, like you, I began by, I guess, saying different things about myself. So, maybe 10, 15 years ago, uh, I, I would use affirmations, I would write things down, they were always mine. So you can actually, you can get them off the internet, but when you say them, they're they're not, for me, it's much easier to write your own because then they're part of you, you know, rather than looking in the mirror and going, I'm a tiger, you know, it, 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 it didn't feel good to me, you know? So I used to write, you know, I don't have them anymore, but they used to be all over the place. You know, I'd have them on the mirrors, in the bathroom, <laughs> on the fridge. Um, and my husband used to say, "What are these things?" And I'd be like, "Just, just leave them. They're just there. me you, you know. So this is a logical engineer kind of brain, but he's he's good with them. He's he's fine. So I would have, I would have them everywhere. And then I began to realize actually they'd already started to to kind of infiltrate my 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 being and things like that. So I then did some slightly deeper work and looked at kind of what was below those. Was I already was I already that person? I just needed to tell myself that I was that person if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think there's um there's a book by Michael Neal and I can't remember the title of it. But he has this really good analogy. He says that we're all diamonds covered in I'm going to say horse <laughs> painted with nail varnish. That that's his analogy, and I quite liked it. And the problem there's not a problem with affirmations, but sometimes as affirmations are just putting more nail varnish on the top of the horse crap. So it's getting underneath that a little bit, and understanding, you know, when I do things, what am I making it mean? One of the biggest things I learned, I think, was from firing Katie. Um, she had some really good. She's got this um, system called The Work, anyone can look it up. It's really interesting. But what I took from that is she asked yourself, you know, what are you making this mean? What are you making it mean about yourself when you do certain things? I found that really interesting because, you know, I would make up all sorts of things. You know, if, if I was doing something, I'd make up that. Well, she doesn't like this and they don't like that. I had no clue. Like <laughs> And then she goes on, I can't remember the full step exactly, but then she goes on to say, can you absolutely know it's true? And you're like, well, oh, no, I, no, I can't. Can you absolutely know that's true about what people are thinking about you? And that released, like, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I, I can never know. I can never know what's going on in your head, Tracy. I can never know. I can never even know what's going on in my husband's head or my children's head. And that, you know, those kind of things were really illuminating to me because they set you free, because you think, actually, you know, when things happen, you know, normally, it's never about you. It, it's, occasionally it might be, you might have hurt someone and said something unkind, mm-hmm. but generally, it's it's got everything to do with them. And what's going on, I might have reminded them of someone they really disliked, I don't know, and, and so they took it out on me, or they might have had a really bad day. And I just happened to be on the phone talking to them, and they took it out on me and it's got
0: nothing to do with me. Yeah, the stories so, we, can, we tell ourselves can be oh, so in, harmful.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, the stories we tell ourselves can be incredibly harmful and the stories I would tell myself about myself, you know, um, who, who I mean, in my final one, my final sort of breakdown, one of the biggest questions I struggle with is who would I be without depression? Well, that mm-hmm. was scary. That was really scary. Who, who would I be if I didn't have this place to go to and, and things got rough and, and, and fall into depression? And, you know, I worked with it with a coach around that. But who would I be? It's, it's, it's interesting because there's a real comfort in depression. Real comfort in it. Um, because it allows you to it allows you to go to a place which which your brain and your ego finds really comforting. Mm-hmm. So to break through that, there's, sometimes there's a bit of work to do and and drugs can help. I'm not averse to using to using some some drugs and I have been on specific drugs in the past. But the final time that I did it, I didn't. I didn't use any antidepressants, which is interesting. Um, I wouldn't advocate that. I'm not a mental, hero, a mental health professional. But for me, I, I chose that at that time and, and it seemed to work. It seemed to work. And meditation was massive for me. Um, I learned to meditate 10 years ago and meditate and walk that, yeah. I even wrote a book about it. I think it was called my walks with Alfie. I don't even know if it's still available, but it was about my meditation journey and getting a dog and walking. Yeah. And that made a massive difference. Massive, massive yeah. difference. So yeah.
0: what would be your feedback to somebody who maybe is starting to feel like they're falling into that depression? or burnout and they're not quite sure what to do. I always say, reach out to
1: someone, like always reach out because the thing is when you're, when your thoughts are doing this, th- you can't escape them. But once you speak them out loud to someone, someone you trust, it can be a friend, it can be someone you really trust. Once you speak them out loud, they feel less scary. They feel less difficult. And that for me is always the start talking and getting them from here and out there. And, and maybe even if you don't want to talk to someone to begin with, write them down. Because I always found that taking them out of your head and, and onto anything, paper, speech, anything, makes them feel a lot of scary. And there are various therapists like CBT and there are th- great therapists and things like that. Um, I think for me in, in the, the final breakdown therapy didn't work as well because it kept revisiting the past. Mm-hmm. And actually, I did some work around releasing some trauma and things like that. And that seemed to work quite well. But then I needed to look forward. I really needed to look forward and stop dwelling on what had happened and really move forward. So I think my advice to someone would be always go speak to someone because while you're on your own, and while it's in your own head, it becomes difficult. You can still read books and everything else, but actually, I always say go to speak to someone. And in the UK, we have the Samaritans and you can call them. If you've got no one else to speak to and and you feel like you want to, there's um, a charity called the Samaritans that are available 24-7 and you can pick up the phone to them. But it's always better out. The more you keep it in, the more you will spiralize, and the more those thoughts will become real
0: Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So that would be my advice. Okay. All right. So in your journey um yeah. so we i often hear people talking about going through a depressive stage maybe once in their life yeah. and then they say i'm better i'm i'm recovered i'm I'm living a really good life yeah. i love the fact that you talk about there's three different periods of your life yeah. that you went into a dark place and you were yeah. working your way out of um how do you feel like that is helpful um, to the audience do you feel like People relate to you more because you've had these different experiences at different periods.
1: I think so because each time I, I didn't let them define me. I just I I, I learned from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know there was there was a gift in there somewhere. I know there was. There was a gift in there somewhere that allowed me to move forward. And therefore, you know, if people see me. I'm, I'm nobody special. And you know, I just I just was a girl born in a seaside town who who had a love of learning and took herself to some really high places. Um, and I think if they can see that actually you can be that low and you can come back, you really can, you know, and if I can do it, I, you know, and it's like I said, nothing miraculous, nothing, especially if I can do it, then then other people can do it too. I mean, some, pa- you know, some people have said to me, well, you don't know my life. You don't know my traumas. You don't know anything else. And i wrote a post I think on LinkedIn last week or this week, which was, yeah, I don't, I couldn't possibly, you know, I wouldn't know what it's like, like for you, Tracy, I wouldn't like it so for someone else. But I do know you have a choice. You always have a choice. You can choose to lay in bed, or you can choose to get up, you can choose to talk about it, or you can choose not to. And I think, you know, when, when I if people ask me about it, I would say, it's all around choices and and it's really that simple I, I know it sounds like profound but it's just it is that simple you have a choice every single day you have a choice I think victory Frankl said you know I can't remember the exact quote but he said you know the when he was in the concentration camps they could take everything from him, but he had a choice to keep his mind they could take his money they could take his family they could take everything from him but he had a choice and I think You know people don't realize that they think that they're victim of circumstances or that depression's come to claim them and 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 that's true and it's not a nice place to be and i've been there but you do have a choice and i think mine the last time started with getting out of bed
0: sometimes it's those things that feel so small and insignificant and people don't realize how huge they are So getting out of bed is one
1: my my husband one night i was not in a great way and he said you know i think we should get a dog and I was like, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. And this dog's been with me 11 years now. He's 11 now. And mm-hmm. we went and next week. He we saw this little guy. He was six months old. And I just fell in love with him there and then. And we brought him home. And yeah, I got up to walk him. I got up the next day to walk him. And I got up every day after that to walk him. Um, and some days, you yeah, know, they weren't great days. But I, I got up and I walked him. I made a choice to get out of the bed and go and walk him. And yeah, that's what made the difference. Like, I think you're completely right. You learn that it's small, sometimes really tiny things. You know, there's a a thing on the internet, you see lots and it shows a ladder. And one ladder's got lots of small steps and one ladder's got this massive leap. It's much easier to take lots of tiny steps.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And before you know it, you'll be, you know, when you look up and you think, oh my God, to feel well and to feel amazing, how the hell am I gonna do that? Well to begin with get out of bed and get showered yeah.
0: yeah that's what i ask people in my community like celebrate the wins no matter how big how small you might think they are because a win that you might think is really tiny is huge to somebody else
1: it's amazing you know i yeah. do lots of small things every day i have a book on here on my i've got it here and it's called start at the end of the day and it's <laughs> i always write three little things like and some of the things will be like my husband cooked an amazing tea it's not even a gratitude journal, I don't think. It's just things that, nice things, you know. And I've kept them for a long time. And, and and in my other room through there, I've got them going back to when I was working. And it's so funny, i look back and it'll be about a meeting. I'm like, I can't recall the meeting. You like, <laughs> you know, I had a really great meeting. And so I start the day with intentions as if they've already happened. So I write down three things. And, you know, today has been a great day. I had an amazing meeting with Tracy. You know, like those kind of things. And then they end the day with three things it's tiny yet really really significant mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah so one of the things that you mentioned was talking about how therapy at one point wasn't so much helping you you yeah. decided to get a coach
1: yeah.
0: a lot of people don't understand the difference between a therapist oh. or a counselor and a coach can you help to explain that what the distinction is there
1: yeah i think i can i think for me therapists, uh, counsellors, psychotherapists and everything else will allow you to look at your feelings, process those feelings um, get you to look at the, the past for, for, you know, what happened? Why did that happen? How did you feel about it? How did you process your feelings about it at that time and everything else? And that can be really useful, really, really useful. And I have had that and, and you know, the ability to to do that work on, on things that have happened to you, maybe some trauma and things like that is incredibly important, but there came a point for me where I really wanted to really wanted to move forward, and so with a coach, um, the difference for me was that they would ask me questions, so it was around centred about me and what I wanted to do. Where do you want to be, Joe? What do you want to achieve? What do you want for your life? So instead of looking backwards, it was about looking forwards. And, and also living in now, not worried about the past, not worried about the future, having discussions about, okay, what are you up to today? How's that helping you? What are you doing? You know, so it was a, it was that focus on the now and the future. And also knowing that as a coach, the, the best coach I ever had, he never told me what to do ever. like Never, ever, ever. Everything. I used to go. Ah. Ah. (laughs) do you know what i mean about that that moment moments yeah ah right okay so it's it's you because then you realize that's what i want to do that's what feels good to me that's what my life would look like so it's about you know i did a lot of, of visioning with coaches and things like that about bringing and it wasn't about getting to somewhere it was always about bringing that future to now you know do you do joe if you were the ceo of this company what would you do if you were you know like okay you know even things like bringing a different perspective to things you know i know in the states that the ww jd bracelets are quite uh what would jesus do bracelets are quite good but you know my my spiritual beliefs are a bit all over the place so that didn't work for me but it's like what would you know this what would beyonce do for example you know putting us giving another perspective so i think coaching is more around that and getting to explore the future rather than the past that's my take on it anyway and, and i've just felt okay. my last psychotherapy sessions while useful just weren't advancing me Great. Right. they just weren't advancing so
0: yeah all dependent on the person where they are where massively they be, dependent where they need to
1: go I, yeah i needed when i was 21 years old i needed really serious psychiatric help
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. A
1: coach would not have been the right thing for me, there. right? And if any clients come to me and they're on medication and they're seeing a therapist, I'm always mostly I mean, it can work with both, but I'm mostly finished therapist work. But and then let's talk after that, you yeah. yeah. uh, know? It's not always great to mix the two, I don't think. Occasionally, I have one client, but, but okay, but but not normally, so.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that we mentioned before we jumped on to today's episode was that you also help people who are not currently in that stage where they need the coaching because of burnout or some depression, but also people who are doing really well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and why that's important?
1: Yeah, I think people who were doing really well. So the thing about when you're doing like you're really successful and, and I've been really successful and not burnt out. So there have been stages in my life where I've been really successful and thriving and doing really well is that you don't when you when you get really successful and you're oh I'm here, I've done it. I'm the director of I'm the VP of I'm the it suddenly some days you'd be like, OK, well, what's next? Oh, my goodness. I've done it like. I've got the gold medal. What what do I do next? And sometimes that weirdly can send people into a really deep spiral. Like that can be the burnout because they've worked and, worked and worked and worked and worked and worked to get that amazing thing. And then all of a sudden, they're like, What the hell do I do next? But, you know, this is my entire life was to become the VP of marketing or the, the president of marketing or whatever it is. And and now, oh, and that that can be quite challenging for some people, mm-hmm. really challenging. I think, um, I think there's a book Fearless by Pippa Grange and she talks about that, you know, people who win gold medals, it's like, what do what, what we do now? So it's like that other side of success. And if you're not careful, it can lead to that. That's one thing. And the second thing is other leaders I see are high achievers, but they're working ridiculous hours, mm-hmm. right? They are, there's no balance in their lives. They've achieved amazing things, but they're surrounded by yes people, that work in long hours. They've, they haven't got someone who they can talk to and say, you thought about working less hours? What, what would that feel like to you? And they go, oh, no, no, no. So, okay, what if you only had 20 hours a week? What if you could only work 20 hours a week? What would you do? And that like blows them. I no, 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 but I need 60 or 70. Okay, why? So sometimes I'll get them to go away and I'll say, keep me a log, what are you doing every day? Not down to the minute, but just, and you see the inconsequential stuff that they're doing. Mm. Because they have a belief that being busy and always being to meetings is what's making them, you know, making them an immense leader. And it's not. It's actually beginning to erode. What they don't realise is it's beginning to erode them and the burnout is probably not that long away. So those tend to be the two types of people, the successes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can definitely relate to, like, when you're talking about when you get to a point where you wanted to be for so long, because I would have a lot of people asking me when I got to that role I wanted for so long, and they're like, what's next? What are you going to do next? Because it was always every couple of years. It's what's next. And I'm like, can I just stay here for a little bit? Like, can I be content with where I am? Like, is that not okay? And even trying to figure out in my own mind, like, is that okay for me? Or is that not realistic?
1: Yeah, and, and that's what people get confused by. And actually, what if they did want to stay there for two, three years? Fantastic. Love it. Enjoy it. Really celebrate it. Create an amazing team. Create some amazing results. Really, really enjoy being there. And if that's not what you want, then do something else. Or if you know you're not quite sure, go write a book. <laughs> do something that, <laughs> that fulfills you. You know, we've discussed right. things like that, you know. Go and you know, you've got all this knowledge go write a book on it, you know? And even if it never gets published, you know that you've, you've, you've downloaded all that fantastic knowledge for
0: someone else to learn from. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so Joanne, we don't have much time left for this episode, um, but is there anything else that you would like to share um, just about what you do, your learning journey, um, anything before we get ready to close up?
1: I think just for people to know that they are capable of so much more than they ever realize. You know, you have it in you and you're capable of so much more. And it's not all about the hours and the merry-go-round of status. You can have an amazingly fulfilling life um, at a senior level. And it doesn't have to be working countless hours, attending countless meetings, doing hours and hours of email. You absolutely can. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So that would kind of be my, my parting thing. You're capable. And you don't have to conform to the norm.
0: I love that. I love it. All right. So Joanne, if, if somebody wants to connect with you or to follow you, how would you recommend that they do that?
1: So I'm um, in two places. I've got my website, which is The Life Guider, um, or one word, the, www.thelifeguider.com. Or they can find me on LinkedIn and I'm just Joanne Morley. So if you've, actually I think I'm I think on the LinkedIn slash Joanne Morley I think I got in LinkedIn so early <laughs> about 15 years ago they actually managed to get something that was actually my name so you know, nice. you can find me on LinkedIn as well so if anyone wants to link to me just send me a connection request and I'd love to link to you. so
0: okay and I
1: published lots of content on there too so
0: yes lots of great things on your website as well yeah 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 definitely.
1: Um, So yeah, I'm a little bit behind on my blog and my website, but on LinkedIn, there's more current material. So you'll find a lot of my posts there. But yeah, those are the two best places to find them.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Joanne. I really appreciate you being a guest here with me and sharing your learning journey, sharing the information with others. I know that's going to help so many other people that get the opportunity to listen in.
1: Thank you very much, Tracy.
0: It's been fantastic. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by Upskill University. You can find more information about how to become part of the Upskill community for free. This and other episodes of the Through the Lens of Learning podcast and more on the website at www.upskilluniversity.com. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.